1: Here are your hosts,
0: Chase Parm, and Broadcast School has really paid off, and Neil McCrady. I deserve to be on
2: TV. Welcome in. Tuesday edition, Oxford Exxon podcast, Chase Parm, Neil McCrady, Clark Ford Studio here with you uh, today. The college baseball season, is college basketball season is complete. The college baseball season is not complete. UConn wins the national title. UConn wins its fourth national title since 1999, as we uh, discussed yesterday. Absolutely a behemoth in the sport over the last uh, 25 years or so. Therefore, the uh, the Huskies' third straight head coach to win a national title for UConn as well. So uh, talk some college baseball today, some college basketball today. We get Lane Kiffin around 11.30, 11.35 today, something like that. Coverage of that at rebelgrove.com as well. So good bit going on. We'll uh, take you through here today. The Oxford Exxon, Blue Sky here in Oxford. You know about the lunch specials. You know about the ribs. Let them take care of dinner tonight. Ole Miss plays Memphis in Memphis on campus, by the way, not zone. Six o'clock start for that one tonight. So let, uh, let the Blue Sky, let the Oxford Exxon handle dinner for you. Call ahead. They'll wrap them up, have them ready to go as well. And remember, tickets to uh, the Ole Miss-Arkansas game on Saturday, are available to be won box seats. You need to at the Oxford Exxon on Twitter. You need to use the hashtag Rebel Ready, and you're entered into a chance to win that. And if you're in Clinton, Mississippi, fresh donuts this morning. Every single morning, fresh donuts with the Blue Sky location there in Clinton. And again, coming to you from the Clark Ford Studio. Yeah, if you play for the Aeros soccer team, go load up on donuts. <laughs> every day. Do
3: it every day. Do it every day. As many as you can eat as often as you can eat them mm. eat donuts loads of donuts clark ford is in amory mississippi 662 257 1900 if you are um, in the market for a ford vehicle get in touch or a vehicle at all get in touch with Corey and um get a quote if he'll get back to you within 15 minutes in business hours it's right to the bottom line no hassle no haggle Get your quote. The rest is completely up to you. You can shop that quote around. You can do what I've done, what I recommend that you do. And that's hop into a Clark Ford today, 662 257 1900. Guest join on the MyPerfectFranchise.net hotline. If you're a displaced corporate executive wanting to put your career in your own hands, you're an experienced entrepreneur wanting to diversify, Andy Ludicky can help you. He uh, owns multiple franchises and businesses and uses his expertise to help others. Find their American dream through a very thorough and free consultation process. So call Andy. Put your life and your career in your own hands. It's 100% free. Nothing to lose. Find your perfect franchise at myperfectfranchise.net or contact Andy at, Andy at myperfectfranchise or 404-973-9901.
2: So let's kind of go off topic. We'll probably run through a bunch of topics, kind of just scatterbrain for a good bit of the show today. But uh, the one bit of, I guess, important not really important it's thing that can happen tonight with uh with college baseball again Ole Miss and Memphis they're from FedEx Park that's what their uh their park is called again Ole Miss there for the first time since 2008 and even in 08 that happened because there was a couple rainouts at AutoZone and things kind of got weird they had played 11 straight games at AutoZone I haven't actually been to Memphis since 2019 for because of COVID and then the last couple of years that game didn't happen up there so it's been a minute since they've been to uh to Memphis since the uh the TARP issue but uh, Ole Miss has won seven in a row in the uh, in the series since 2017. Mike Bianco he uh, he tied Skip Bertman on Saturday night with the win. They both have 870 victories as an SEC head coach. I keep saying SEC victories, but that's not actually correct. That'd it's victories a as an SEC head coach. Therefore, uh, for Mike and Skip, and he can pass him. To be the second all-time winningest SEC head coach with a uh, with a win tonight, or his next win, whenever that does happen, obviously something very important to Mike because of his relationship with uh, with Skip, basically a another father figure, a mentor, and um, a lot of relationships there between the Bianco family and the Burman family as uh, as well. Ron Polk holding the record; he's at twelve hundred and eighteen wins, so still a good ways away. That's at Mike's current clip; that's about another nine years to catch. Uh, catch Polk, Polk who won 1,218, mostly Mississippi State, but he also coached at Georgia as well. The the bigger news from a standings from an all-time win standpoint is Mike holding off other coaches. Tim Corbin entered the year 14 behind Mike. Vanderbilt has seven more wins than Ole Miss at this point in the season, so seven behind Mike right now for Tim Corbin for second all-time. And then Dave Van Horn is kind of lurking as well. Van Horn coached in Nebraska for a while. He's been some other places as well. As, you know, Mike has 100 wins somewhere else, but Dave has a little longer history as a head coach than uh, than Mike does. Van Horn is at 819 wins, so about, I guess, 51 back of them right now. Uh, Corbin is 62. Van Sorry, Van Horn is 62, Corbin is 61, and Mike is 55 what are the ages on those. That's if, I was going to ask. Yeah, I mean, I don't How know. How old's Corbin? Corbin is 61 years old. Is he really? Mm-hmm. Van Horn 62? That is correct, yes. So, again, how long anybody does this, I don't know. But I give both of them credit. They they wear their age, both of them wear their age really well. They really do. I would they? not
3: guess that either one were in their 60s.
2: No, I would guess late 50s on probably both had you just... Yeah. I knew they were older than Mike, so that kind of messes with them. Like, I'm not going to go 53 or anything because I know how old yeah. Mike is, but... I credit to both of them. there. <laughs> Both pretty fit for their age. Mm, credit. Yeah. Yeah yeah. Tip yeah, that. yeah. yeah. At a pretty stressful gig. I mean, well, if you constantly... got to wear baseball pants every day. Oh. I mean, you, you
3: don't want to let it all go. I mean, that's a good point. You look, you, you, you're going to look sloppy.
2: 10 pounds would make a difference in a baseball uniform. Oh, for sure. Because Mike's actually lost weight. He's fitter now than he was even five years ago. I mean, he's never been heavy at all, but that, that would be a motivating thing if you knew that. Hey, i got to put on these pants every day.
3: Got to walk out to the mound and stuff.
2: Um, It's a longevity award grind. I mean, if you're just talking about straight success, Burtman is the best coach in SEC history. He has five national titles. He's won every time he's been in a national championship game. LSU dominated the sport in a huge way for a long time. Now there was – zero parity at that point so it's kind of like the kim mulkey jino rem but like that conversation at the same time what anybody who's stacking wins during this era is on a vacuum year over year more impressive than when you did it in the 80s i guess is the way i would say it yes a lot more investment at this point there's more
3: competition
2: now yes so yeah look i mean burtman he clearly is the is, is the goat if you will but um It's a little different era in a a lot of ways. I mean, you know, Corbin's had a hell of an advantage, but he's won a lot of games in this era. I mean, there's there's something to that. Two national titles, lost in the finals two more times. So he has two firsts and two seconds since 2014. It would be funny if you made
3: basketball coaches wear basketball uniforms and football coaches wear football uniforms. Wouldn't that be funny? I I mean, It
2: it It is like when you step back and you go, hold on. And I get why, even like I understand it's just never changed, but yeah, and now what you will see, and you see it more in the pros than college, is you see a lot more hoodies and things covering the jersey mm-hmm. from coaches than you even you did five ten years ago, and like Michael put a coat on if he's cold, but he very rarely just covers up the jersey in like another outer layer the way they kind of do in the pros. I guess I haven't paid that much attention to it, but yeah. I guess I see that. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. They wear hoodies a lot and like stuff. They're like the, the garbage, but like something kind of covering the jersey more than they do in college. Well, I, I, again, I don't know why. I'm not like, I don't have some great thought here. I'm just.
3: Always like when you go to an NBA game and you see the grown men wearing the NBA jerseys, it's not that they're wearing a jersey. It's that, dude, you're not fit enough to wear that. I mean, now the guys that are, cool, I mean, go for it. But you gotta you got to be pretty fit to put on a basketball jersey and it look okay on you. You know what I mean? I mean, most of the the guys that play basketball at a
2: high level, they're put together pretty well. And she says you'd never be able to find an adult woman's volleyball coach. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't even think about that. <laughs> Are no. you surprised? Mean, look, because <laughs> that's funny. Look, I, I'm I, I, everybody's aware of this. It's on the podcast. I'm essentially a 39 year old trapped in an 80 year old like mind. I understand it. I'm always yelling at clouds. I have issues with decorum and things. I just want the suits back on the basketball sidelines. I am irrationally angry at really? coaches dumbing down their outfits on the basketball sidelines. I guess my, that's the two thing you can contradict me there if you okay. want. But the other part of that is. Are you a little surprised baseball has not gotten away from this? Or is is that the one sport that's so steeped in tradition? Because look, it's there because you used to have so many player managers. It's because the, yeah. the that, that's why this tradition started or this thing is what it is. And it's just never changed. But obviously Mike's not suiting up for his team. Who was it? Was it uh
3: there was a long ago manager that wore like a suit and tie in the dugout.
2: Oh, really? It was Connie Mack maybe? Did Connie Mack do it? A little trivia for you, Don Kessinger, the last American League player manager. Oh, is that right? That is correct. With the Chicago White Sox in the late seventies. Pete Rose was the last National League. I don't know. I don't know.
3: I I don't, I don't know. I don't the the basketball coach thing. It doesn't bother me. Um, whatever. I, at first, I was kind of like, "Whoa, they're not dressing up anymore." But I'm sure it's more convenient for coaches. I'm sure it's more comfortable for coaches. Some coaches continue to do it.
2: I Many. beard dresses up. A good bit, right? I'm not sure. I thought he did for some reason. Uh, but Buzz Williams does.
3: Is that the – yeah, in the league. Uh, no, in the league, the, the guy, Ms. Gates, dresses up.
2: Kyle still wears suits, at least some.
3: Yeah, he, he went to the just the sport coat without yeah. the tie. Okay. A good bit, which is what Kermit did before the pandemic. Uh, Hurley, and then he dressed down more.
2: Now Beard was wearing a good bit of just polos and ja- and stuff at Texas. He, yeah. at Texas Tech, he was in a suit more. Looks like at Texas, he dressed it down.
3: Yeah, I think. I'm trying to think, Hurley wears the coat, the Connecticut coach. He doesn't wear a tie. I'm cool with it either way. Whatever, whatever they want to do, is fine. And in baseball, it's just tradition. And baseball is a tradition game. Yes.
2: We're I'll, fighting that as hard as we can right I mean, now. But yeah. It
3: would look weird for me to see a coach walk out in a polo and a pair of khakis.
2: Yeah, Pearl would make me uncomfortable in a suit because he sweats so much. Well, he used to sweat Yeah, I, re- I remember. Suits. Yeah, like the shirts five minutes in, you just soaked in a way that yeah. it, it... The chafing looked like it would be uncomfortable by halftime. I mean, it... I was always surprised he didn't change shirts at the half. Sweat through another one. So you are you fine with the complete dress down of of basketball coaches? Because, I mean, frankly, yeah. we're getting kind of slovenly <clears throat> at times. Um. Yeah, I mean, I'm. it, it doesn't matter. They might me. as well be wearing gym shorts out there half the time. I'm trying to think who's gotten slovenly to that point. Well, there's a lot of, like, like jogging pants you see occasionally. Or, like, the big jacket. It's like, okay, but... I haven't seen that. Yeah.
3: You mean, like, the big tarp? Mm-hmm. That big guys
2: wear. Yeah. We don't notice the tarp on the, on the smaller guys. I actually think some smaller people wear it, but we don't notice it because our minds automatically think that the bigger people are covering it up. You got a lot of football coaches, though, that are fairly fit that still wear the.
3: I've never the understood bag that thing. about football
2: coaches. On a hot day, they're still wearing the big thing. I'm mean, like, why? Yeah, the big thing I don't know. Now, a lot of them wear sleeves because of skin cancer possibilities. Right. That's the reason a lot of times you'll wear long sleeves even when it's 95 yeah. outside because they're outside so much. Yeah. I don't know. I, you've, I've now given this more thought this morning
3: than I have in three years. But you don't total. miss the suits. I mean, sometimes. Uh, I, I, I kind of I, like
2: watching the fashion a little bit. I, like, I, hey, I, like, I admired the guys that could really rock a suit. AK did well with sport coach late in his career. He had some terrible suits early. I mean, just horrific because they have like 14 buttons yeah I would guess that really tall guys struggle with finding the right fit we're getting them t- fitted and tailored though like he's getting like them custom made it's not like he's going to the rack and just going hey I mean they can custom make a three button suit as well or a two button suit as well as Andy has gotten where though he just
3: it's, it's the uh, blue deltas and, and uh, polos and things polos typically. and then his shoe game is pretty
2: strong. He had his Christmas blazer he used to wear around Christmas every year. It was the red and green yeah. thing that he would Yeah. They would have. Yes, Lane changes at halftime. Typically, hardly everywhere is the same thing throughout the day. There's a scheme to that, usually. It's a marketing yeah. scheme. Typically there's hey, this is Yeah. And Lane gets cold easy.
3: If it's under he about does. if it's under about seventy, he's bundled. <laughs> It's a high number, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's. He was out there the other day, with a a beanie on. And it, I mean, it was
2: cool, but it wasn't that cold. But he he clearly was braced for a winter storm in March. Grind says Georgetown's coach should be ma- mandated to wear a suit. There are certain places where I do kind of expect the coach to wear a suit. Yeah, George- frankly, Big East, like, hey, no, come
3: on, put the towel over your like John Thompson did. UNLV's coach should probably chew on a towel in honor of Jerry Tarkanian. Okay. Dusty Baker still does the toothpick.
2: It's not, is is it, is it, is it just an anxiety thing for him now? Yeah. Like it, if it's not there, I think now
3: it's just habit, but yeah. it, was, it was an anxiety thing. It used to make me nervous because I was afraid he was going to swallow the damn thing. Cause he would work that toothpick. So he chews on it. Yeah. I've read stories about his toothpicks. It's, really? Yeah. It's really interesting. He gets them from a specific place, and yeah, yeah, it's not just like running to Kroger and buying some toothpicks.
2: So, does he have them in his desk drawer and he does it himself, or is somebody in charge of making sure? You know, like Sean Payton always had a staffer that was in charge of his gum because he had juicy fruit and all that, and it was it was very much a staffer because he he would need new pieces when bad things happened or oh. switch. Yeah, it was it was it got methodically superstitious at points with Sean Payton where depending on what he was chewing, was depending on how the game was going. I chew gum when I run. Do you really? Yeah.
3: and I get No kidding? Yep. Yeah, four or five miles in. Oh, I didn't know that. Four or five miles in the gum, gum has no flavor anymore, and it's also starting to stick. And so when you blow the bubble and it pops, it gets all over your face. And I, I have this. I started this. You minute. blow
2: bubbles while you're running? Mm-hmm. Do you really?
3: Mm-hmm. It doesn't bother you? No, it's just a distraction. That's it really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get four pieces of gum. Not all at once. Yeah. Oh, what kind of gum? Uh, That uh, the super simple kind the the just bubble gum,
2: but bubble gum. Mm-hmm. So it's, I mean, pretty big pieces.
3: Yeah, it starts out pretty big. Double bubble. Double bubble. But you work it down. That way I think about the gum at the first couple of miles because the first mile is always the worst mile. It is. Every time. So I think about the
2: gum. Have you always done that? Yeah, really, pre- pretty much for. So you chewed gum years. running a whole marathon?
3: Yeah, but well, I mean, I th- did you bring other gum with you? No, I, I didn't because I didn't want the well No, I so I, I have this debate in my head. Okay, when when do I, when am I far enough along that I don't need the gum anymore? And so usually it's around six miles I ditch the gum.
2: I don't, and I don't think about it. But it anymore. doesn't bother you the last eighteen or twenty two or whatever twenty, I guess. Like, no, it's just it,
3: it's getting going. Okay. Once you get into a rhythm and you get, you get the runner's high kicks in a little bit. And the runner's high is a real thing. People don't believe that, that don't run. Because oh, they don't run enough to get to it. You get seven it miles sucks. in or so, it kicks in pretty good. And you get off in your own little world for a long time. I mean, I have solved the world's problems in my head 10 miles into a run. I, if you think about it, like you have no idea what you you have music going 10, 11 miles in. If someone stopped you in that moment and said, What's on, what's on your, what are you
2: listening to right now? You have no idea. Well, it's why I can't listen to podcasts that I actually have to listen to. Cause you're not listening to podcasts, but it's funny or something, like right. whatever. I don't know. Like, like yesterday, it was a it was the big picture, which is a movie draft, which they just talk about what movies they would take from a certain year. Well, I mean, it's inconsequential, like whatever. Okay? Right, I'm just listening to you talk about Wally and Dark Knight and whatever in yeah. my head, and sure sounds good. You have no idea what they're saying. Yeah, you're not going. Hey, today on cereal, where I'm like, oh no, Adnan Sayed, and I'm no. focused, and I'm all in. Uh, nah, nah, no, The uh, hell with that. No, uh,
3: no clue. No, it could be. It could be anything from Taylor Swift
2: to Eminem, and he I would have no idea. He was friendly, but on Sunday, a poodle got off a leash that a woman was carrying and barked right behind me and scared the shit out of me. He was friendly; we were all good. Yeah. It was whatever, but I mean, I my heart jumped like mm-hmm. I, I went, "Oh God!" Like I I thought I was being attacked by nine pit bulls so at the moment. It was like I looked around; and it was like a poodle. I'm like, okay. Well, I, I literally know. got bit in the neighborhood by a dog. I, I've told you this. I mean, we, these, for for the longtime listeners, you remember this from being a very big podcast topic is where I used to live, there was a pug that would attack me every day. I mean, I would kick it. The lady would scream at me. I mean, we got into fights weekly over her damn pug in the neighborhood who would attack my ankles every day. And at some point she ended up putting him, she had like a swing set in the front yard or whatever. And she'd put the leash handle under the swing set, and when I'd come through, that little son of a gun would get a running start, and the swing set would come up in the air. He was running so hard at it, and like hitting the end of the rope to try to get to me. Pug, I mean, just because at some point it's completely on you when I kick the piss out of him right in his face. No question. About I mean, it. I no doubt. I'm on the sidewalk. I'm minding my own business. Absolutely, it's on you. That's one thousand percent. Because they start screaming at you because they go, Hey, just be still. And it's like Well no, I'm, I'm running. Yeah, I'm no. I'm, it's not my job to make sure I bring your dog back to you. Get your dog.
3: When the dog jumped up and bit me where it bit me, it terrified me. I didn't know what it was. I had no idea it was there. Where'd it get you? And it like
2: upper hamstring Oh, low, really? lower that, that butt. High. It leaped at me. See, yeah. I've only gotten popped kind of like back of the leg usually. And that's scary too. So I just that's why people ask
3: why I run on inside. That's why. It's not it's one, it's hydration, but two, it's I, I can get off in my own little world and nothing's gonna mess with me. Well, I'm, the the hydration's a real thing. Well yeah, if you're running Yeah.
2: If you're doing any links, unless you want to carry water and I don't. I just come back by. I'll yeah. just make the route come back by yeah. and have it at the mailbox and it's, it's not ideal, but it's yeah, fine. I get I get bored with that. I've had
3: people say, "Put your go put your stuff out." I'm, I'm not doing. I'm not Grant used
2: to do that. He'd yeah. drive for miles and lay all of his stuff out. I know. Yeah. I never understood that. Yeah. I just You can
3: literally get your if you're training for a run, you can literally on a on a treadmill you can do it where every 2 miles you get water and after a while you can alternate water and Gatorade or whatever. Anyway, no one cares. No, yeah, I know we're compelling as hell this morning. All Well right, we'll talk I don't, actual... I don't, I don't have a lot of thoughts today, yeah. so if I'm being honest. I mean, the national championship game got played last night. It did. and I watched most of it. I kind of forgot. Okay. Okay? So, as you know, I pretty much marked time by the Cubs. Mm-hmm. And the Cubs played in Cincinnati last night, and we live in the Cincinnati TV market, which is just mind-boggling to me. It remains so all these years later. We're nine hours from Cincinnati. It's a nine-hour drive. Okay? You you can, you can maybe pull it off in eight if you don't stop at all and you fly and you don't run into any traffic. You can get there in a little over eight hours. I love Cincinnati, by the way. Great town. Yeah, sure. Um, but... We're blacked out on MLB. I can't watch the Cubs. Yeah. And for the first time ever, I don't have direct TV. So I, I don't have access to the Reds, Valley, yeah, yeah. Ohio, they're or whatever. Pers- they're a regional network. And so I couldn't watch the Cubs last night. And so I was like, okay, well, then I just, I'm just i fine. I'll watch something else. And when Carson got back from – he referees OPC soccer on Monday nights, And when he got back, I fixed his dinner, and then we started talking, and we ended up watching Ted Lasso season three. Okay. We watched episode three, which was really good. Okay, um, no spoilers. It just it was really yeah. good. We watched it, and then at that point, it's nine something, and he goes, "Oh, there's the game on," and I was like, "I don't care." And we watched an episode of South Park,
2: and, and then I went to bed. Yeah, that was it. And
3: I woke up, saw the score. And I'm like, "Yeah, I didn't miss anything." Yeah. So, but from a from a hey, I need to. I have an admiration for like the Stephen A. Smiths and the Skip Baylesses and those people. Because they have to see it all. They have
2: to watch everything. Yeah. Like You have to love sports. I mean, frankly, Jeffrey does a lot of that because he, he, he has four hours on the radio a day. I, I mean, mean you've got to see enough that... You can't take a Monday night and go, you know what? I don't
3: want to watch sports tonight.
2: Mm-mm. Especially something like last night. No, I've got to... I got to see Nance give his damn tie like regiment, of, regimented yeah. stuff. I, I I have a lot of as much as sometimes
3: I'll I'll listen to like Stephen A. and mm-hmm. and um, um, Sharp and all those people. And you're like, you guys cannot have this many strong opinions. But at the same time, I sort of admire it. Yeah, their ability to every morning go. I tell you what, the Lakers and the Nuggets played
2: last night, and I've got 22 thoughts. Yeah, I'm like, really? Yeah, I couldn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> Actual sports in a minute after the break. First, tell you about the Morgan Wallen Tour coming to Oxford in Baltimore Way Stadium, the One Night at a Time Tour, April 22nd, April 23rd. Tickets for both are still available, and they start at just $78. To purchase, visit MorganWallen.com. And if you already have your ticket, make sure you purchase a parking pass. You can get that from OleMissTix.com. So, again, April 22nd, 23rd, that's LSU Baseball Weekend here in Oxford. Again, 78 bucks to start, MorganWallen.com.
3: Walk-On Sports Bistro puts everything they've got into bringing you game day with the taste of Louisiana. Dig into their mouth-watering, made-from-scratch, Louisiana cuisine. uh, Po' Boys gumbo voodoo shrimp plus fan favorites like juicy burgers, fresh salads, 70-plus TVs, 40-plus ice-cold beers on tap. Order online at WalkOns.com or on the convenient Walk-Ons app, uh, especially if you're in Oxford or Jackson. Stop at the Oxford or uh, Ridgeland Walk-Ons. The College Corner is your one-stop Rebel shop. Two locations in the Jackson area. In Ridgeland, it's next to Fleet Feet. In Flowood, it's next to Half Shell. If you don't live in Jackson, just go to collegecornerstore.com. Plus, you can find them on Facebook and Instagram. They have the largest selection of Rebel gear in central Mississippi. Uh, We're brought to you by Comer Heating and Air. Southern Air Conditioning and Heating, different names. Same great products, same great people, same great services. It's getting hot outside. The high here today, 85 If your uh, AC isn't working properly, you're about to pay for it. So get ready for the summer by getting in touch with the people at Comer and uh, Southern. If you live in Oxford, Tupelo, Batesville, that area, call Comer, 662-801-1777. If you live in Hernando, Memphis, or that area, call our friends at Southern, 662-429-4429. A-Stock Auctions is a Nashville-based online auction company. With the mission to provide customers the power to name their price, all items at a stock start at just a dollar. Every item's $1. So shop now at a stock bid or download their app. Name your price on thousands of items from big name retailers. I just remembered I was supposed to update this reader literally just clicked in my head. So I'll get that to you uh, tomorrow. If uh, you guys are listening at a stock, but it's a stock uh, dot bid. Uh, they offer local pickups in Nashville. So don't miss out if you want it, bid it, win it. Uh, we're also brought to you by Solutions RX. It's a probiotic, multivitamin, and supplement company created by Ole Miss Pharmacy alum Chris Cornelison. It's pharmaceutical grade, manufactured right here inside uh, Mississippi. You've got all sorts of uh, vitamins, supplements, all sorts of things on their website, solutionsrx.com, that can uh, help you stay uh, healthy as you get into the summer months. It's promo code OEP at checkout and you get 10% off your first order. And our friends at Dead Soxie have a free gift for you as well. It's an exclusive gift. Go to deadsoxie.com slash rebels. Join the NIL subscription. Uh, You'll not only have the freshest socks in town, but you'll also be contributing directly to Ole Miss Athletics, helping support your favorite players. As your first gift for signing up, you'll receive a free pair of limited-edition Juice Kiffin socks, which are only available to members. To get your gift, all you have to do is add a pair of socks from Dead Soxy's Ole Miss NIL subscription to your cart, and your free pair of Juice Kiffin socks will automatically appear in your cart. No membership fees to become a member. All you have to do is start your subscription by adding one pair of NIL socks to your cart and choosing how often you want new pairs from the Ole Miss collection delivered. So head over to deadsoxycom rebels and sign up for their NIL subscription today.
2: I guess this podcast is brought to you by G&M Pharmacy, 662-236-2222. They deliver locally in the Oxford area, and they offer MedSync. To feed prescriptions the same day each month and take care of you. They can transfer your medication easily. One phone call, they take care of the rest. They're with G&M or Tyson Drugs in Holly Springs, and they have their Med Packs, which is to individually package anything that you need for your daily medication. So, again, that's G&M or Tyson Drugs, 662-236-2222 too. So, yeah, um, men's basketball season ends last night. UConn uh, pulling away late, 76-59 in a game that was pretty ugly, if we're just being real honest. Uh, at one point, San Diego State went more than 10 minutes without a field goal in the first half, um, and somehow was only down 12 after not having a field goal for 10 minutes, which seems very difficult to do. Um, UConn did not play overly well during that, t- that period, and then it was the lowest-scoring national championship game in several, several years. UConn only passed 70 because San Diego State just fouled like crazy late, and the free throws pushed it there over 70. Again, 76-59. UConn covers easily at the end of the day. It was a seven-point line. UConn, as I said in the opening, now uh, five national titles since 1999, three different head coaches to do it. and um, They went they won all of their games by double figures. They averaged 20 points per win throughout the NCAA tournament. For a team that yeah, somewhere Arkansas and Gonzaga both are saying shut up. See, yeah, no, See? It, it's they kicked everybody's ass, not just ours. And well, look, from a bracket standpoint, people who didn't have UConn going pretty far were kind of the idiots because Ken Palm had them number one in the country heading into the tournament. I mean, this is not this is not some sleepy team that suddenly got no. hot in March. They beat Alabama in the fall. No, they're, they they're they, they beat Marquette. Toward the end of the year They had a weird January And didn't play overly well For a few weeks And then after that They've been a buzzsaw The entire time They're 31-8 and To finish the year I mean this is Frankly they were They were Poorly seeded As a four seed Yeah um, That's where that That
3: falls It's a It's We talked about it yesterday They're They're a power They're a powerhouse No question
2: Something that I did not think I was going to say this morning on the podcast. Is I found Dan Wilkin interesting last night. A column for ESPN for uh, USA Today. Not even really sure why I clicked on it because typically I don't even if, unless I'm just in the mood to get frustrated by something that that I see. But and I don't necessarily agree a hundred percent here. So before anybody takes this and goes no nah, no no this is stupid, yeah I'm not saying it's completely right, but I I, I do find UConn's story interesting. Dan Hurley arrived as the Huskies head coach in 2018. UConn, there's an argument to be made that during all the realignment that happened, I guess since 2012, if that's where you want to start it, 2010, 2011, they're the biggest loser. It's a team that went to the American for a long time. They leave the American, go back to the Big East to prop up their basketball program primarily, knowing the football team, if you do that, has to be an independent And that's what I find fascinating is, look, I get that UConn football is UConn football and it's been horrid, but they were in the Fiesta Bowl in 2011. It's not like they've been horrid for years and years and decades and decades and decades. And to take them out of the American and go, nope, football program, the thing that everybody talks about and whatever and is dictating this entire national landscape and going, that doesn't matter at all. We don't really care who the hell you play. Find some bad teams to beat and just get to some six-win bowl games. That's it. We're going to make sure the basketball team is taken care of. And the column that Wilkin wrote talked to an assistant, maybe Hurley too, There's several people in there about their recruiting footprint improved immediately once they started playing Big East teams again, that they had such a, a, a reputation for being in that part of the country that the road trips, even to good teams like Memphis and places, it just did not resonate at all versus playing St. John's and Providence and Georgetown and the teams that they were they were playing through the Big East. And it saved their athletics program, in a way, by going to the Big East, by doing this, by making sure basketball was taken care of to the level that that it is. Um, recruiting immediately got better. Several guys from that area that jumped on UConn within months of them announcing they were going back to the Big East. It's kind of an incredible story um, because they had hit a lull after after getting out, going to the, AAC, to the AAC, and then doing that. And he dovetails this into this. And I don't, again... I don't want to make this necessarily about Texas and Oklahoma. That's not my point. Okay. But his point is: is it at all a cautionary tale to teams jumping conferences? That hey, when you don't fit somewhere perfectly, stay where you are. It, that, that that I get. It's all about money, but on the field, a lot of these things haven't worked out for teams. You look around the you, you look around the country. And a lot of teams that have moved from this place to this place, they've lost identities. They've kind of lost who they are. They haven't necessarily won even more games. I mean, he had a couple paragraphs in here. Let me grab it real quick. It's a pod. Because Dan
3: usually writes with an agenda, so he's he's getting at something. Dan Dan is bothered by a lot.
2: Well, he's always bothered. I mean, there's no doubt about that.
3: So he's writing this not as a way to compliment Connecticut, but as a way to – to, to bother somebody else. To point out something, because someone in his opinion shouldn't Well, this, and, and he also is a traditionalist, believe it or not, which is odd. That's for someone, the funny part. Yeah, the yeah, funny yeah. part about Wolkin is that for someone who's as progressive as he is, um, he he's a traditionalist.
2: He loves the idea of everyone staying in their lane. That's what I found interesting last night was we always know this. Look, media members are going to prop up the NCAA tournament. The media, oh my God, it's the best thing ever. And the game last night kind of sucked. So you saw columnists that typically really find major thoughts and like socially like things that have a lot of teeth and went, Hey, I know this game was bad, but the tournament was awesome. And that was the that was the column they wrote last night. It was like, Okay. Like you're It is such You write what you write, and then last night you go, No, 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 just remember FDU, remember FAU, remember the good times. It's like no, it was a dog of a game. I didn't even watch it. I, I, I it, it. I
3: love college basketball, and I did not watch the championship game. I knew it was going to be a blowout.
2: So, my, my, and, and so, know, and so, when they write that, look, it happens. Yeah, yeah. What? It wasn't an indictment on the tournament of the sport or anything else. I mean, whatever. Sometimes you get blowouts. Sometimes the, <clears throat> the Super Bowl is a blowout. It doesn't mean the NFL sucks. There have been times when the NBA Finals are a sweep. And it's where Dan never mentions this, and I think Grind's getting to it, and he's exactly, Grind's right, Dan never, he missed a huge point here, is while I'm going to kind of give Dan some credit for the paragraph I'm about to read, because I'm thinking about it in, in, in a couple different ways that spin off of that, UConn did the one thing that could actually make UConn money. Which is Big East basketball? Yes, they were never going to make a ton of money in the American as a football program. No, and they were going to sacrifice their basketball to do that. Yes, so from a straight funding standpoint, it actually made sense too. Yes, to to get back into the wheelhouse of your identity and your place and that kind of thing. Big but, East basketball's cool. Oh, it's really cool. It's all it's it's great. It's always been
3: cool. Frankly, I would argue that. Some of the programs that left the Big East, if, here's your cautionary tale. I mean, I don't, I don't, I'd have to look at their books, but like back in the day when Syracuse was in the Big East, that was awesome. Did Syracuse really benefit from joining the ACC? I mean, I'm sure they did financially. I'd love to know how much.
2: When did they do that? It's been a while. Yeah, I was, I couldn't remember. You know, and, and the ACC is a good basketball league. And so there That were, was a better fit than some. Like you, you go no, but it oh,
3: okay. Still felt like a reach. And when you see Miami play at Syracuse in football, you're like, wait, why? And then you realize you it still doesn't. I mean, sound look, right.
2: Syracuse's title was when they were in the Big East. Yeah. Oh three with Mello and McNamara. Yeah.
3: I mean Well, look, I mean, there was a day when I mean the Big East tournament at Madison Square Garden
2: was absolute must watch television. Period. I mean, For, even now, if I'm just finding something that's not SEC, I, I gravitate toward the Big East and go, oh, okay. I mean, you know, I grew up in
3: North Louisiana in the 80s when the Big East tournament was on ESPN. I, I was glued. I didn't know where Seton Hall was or St. John's or all that stuff. But, man, those those were
2: – I knew all the coaches. I knew the players. That was a heyday of college basketball. So – and, again, I think Oklahoma and Texas are good fits for the SEC. So I'm not making necessarily a straight SEC argument here. But the the, the paragraph that had me thinking. Okay. A little more than a year, in, in a little more than a year, UCLA and Southern California are going to play nearly all the road games in the Central and Eastern time zones when they join the Big Ten. Nebraska made a similar move in 2010, leaving behind the Big 12 and its Texas recruiting base. And it spent nearly every minute since chasing its tail. Maryland has gone from a foundational member of the ACC to a relevance in the Big Ten. Oklahoma and Texas are giving up the massive competitive advantages they have enjoyed for decades to fight it out with Alabama and Georgia. Best of luck to them. Since 12, here's what I find interesting. Okay. And this is not – again, it's it's a podcast topic for a Tuesday when not much is going on. I get that. Missouri and Texas A&M taking out COVID year, which I refuse to acknowledge, on the field, okay, they had their best seasons when they first came into the league. Why? Missouri won the East two years in a row early on. I get the league was down. I get it. AM has not been relevant in the SEC West. We want to make them relevant because of Jimbo and recruiting, but on the field, they have not been relevant outside of upsetting Alabama.
3: That's it. So are you manipulating your way to an argument that they should have stayed where they were? No.
2: I'm just manipulating the argument that sometimes you end up getting lost in the shuffle and you make a ton of money, but you're not actually relevant inside your institution at all. I mean, inside the landscape of the sport. I mean, Maryland is a non-entity in the Big Ten. It it's, That's true. They were an ACC mainstay on the basketball court. But I would argue that
3: whoever made the decision at Maryland to let, let's get into the Big Ten deserves a medal.
2: Oh, sure. And... Again, financially,
3: yes. Yeah, I mean, and, and so,
2: but you're, and that's so much of it. Like, I don't know how USC. Could, I guess my point is, and again, I'm I'm playing with devil's advocate here. Like, I can easily argue the other side. This is our version of PTI. So, for anybody's having a coronary <laughs> over here day for fans isn't about winning games like if you get into it and you go well god the paycheck is huge but we don't win shit well then what difference does it make i know i, 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 I mean that's the... the point is like I mean, I if you're Col- missouri would you rather go zero seven in the damn sec or would you rather win the big 12 north every three years
3: it's a good question
2: i mean i don't know hey god the pocketbook's fantastic well that's awesome why i'm getting my damn teeth kicked in every week i mean i guess the
3: flip side to that argument would be if you're sp- an Ole Miss or Mississippi State, you could always just join Conference USA and dominate that bitch. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Win it every damn year. It, it, it,
2: but it, when people go, well, except for the money, <laughs> okay? Look. Yeah, and it's been great for. true. T- it's been great for TCU and Utah. I'm not giving TCU the same credit because you came from a smaller conference into a major, high major. It's. I'm talking high major to high major moves. Sure. I mean, I get that, yes, I got an invitation into a major conference. That's a huge deal for me. I mean, I look at
3: it from the perspective of if you were sitting in the room in Austin or Norman when this thing became real, if somebody had said, if I'd been in the room and somebody said, you know, we kind of have it good here. No, you really don't. You're in kind of an irrelevant league. You're about to be in a situation where you're at a, a tremendous financial disadvantage. It might take 50 years to develop the new rivalries or whatever, but you have to do this. Like for Arkansas, South Carolina, it really worked out for them to join the SEC. Well, Sure. Their conference also was dying. They yeah. had no choice. But I mean, Arkansas wasn't. They could have stayed in the Big 12. Yeah. Southwest Conference, they would have been... Welcome into the Big 12 with open arms.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to Indeed data,
3: I mean, I just think when people go, well, except for the money,
2: such a such a huge except for. I guess my argument is that I do not believe the fan base's quality of life at Missouri is better. It's worse. They lose it every damn thing. Yeah. Again, I'm, I'm playing devil's advocate. Yeah. I, but, I, I, I mean, I'm, like, again, at the end of the day, like, it's not like the money goes to the fan base and you go, God, I'm going to get an extra 800 bucks because they joined the SEC. No, my tickets are more expensive, and I get to see better programs. And then I watch our team lose. Like, I'm still just kind of stuck on the fan is getting completely screwed by all of this right yes. now in 2023. Like, it the thing that actually creates the capital for the sport to survive is the thing just getting kicked to hell and back. There's right no now. question about it. We've had that,
3: we've had that conversation on McCready and Siski a gazillion times. The fan is. The fan is irrelevant now. And, and no one's even talking about the fan.
2: No, we're playing a big game of Monopoly.
3: Sure. That's what we're doing. Yeah. I mean, anybody who looks at today's college football and says it's every bit as attractive as it was a few years ago, you're kidding yourself. It's it's not. When, like, there's a conversation on our message board right now. Why does Ole Miss make everything about Quinshawn Judkins? Because they're recruiting him every single day.
2: Yeah. It's a constant... Recruiting battle with any player who has relevance nationally.
3: They are recruiting him every single day because he could leave. He could get in the portal on May the 1st and leave and play somewhere else this season. Couldn't play in the SEC, but he could go play at Ohio State. He could play at Nebraska. He could play at USC. He could play at Miami in August.
2: This August. Look, I mean... That, that's a total game changer. I'm going to go to break here, but I mean, Grind has a good point. Look, I think Oklahoma and Texas are both going to win fine. I think it's going to be a good move. I, I I don't know that necessarily they're a great comparison for the argument I'm making, but Oklahoma is a little concerned about joining the league right now. They're going, I don't know that we're quite ready for the weekend, week out of what this looks like. Oh, they're and not. All the ways. And they're not. So he's kind of right. If they go 7 and 4 8 and 4 7 and 5, suddenly you care about Oklahoma State not being on your schedule anymore. You go, and eh, this kind of sucks. I mean, yeah, I, I get it, I get it. You've been going ten and two. You don't just go seven and five and go, oh, this is awesome because we're losing to Alabama. They're hey, gonna... we're in a league where we can really jump into the conversation, except we're not in the conversation. Georgia's beating the hell out of everybody. If I'm an
3: Oklahoma fan, if I'm an Oklahoma fan and I buy season tickets, I'm pretty excited that LSU's coming to town. Well, you are, but when you lose to them five times in a row, you still excited? I don't think they're going to. Well, That's I, just I, me. But I mean, I don't know. I'm, are you ever going to look back and go, God, I really kind of missed that Kansas game? I don't
2: think so. I don't. But I don't know. I'm. I, I don't I mean because Grant says it. Missouri. If you're going to go seven and five, Missouri probably would rather go seven and five beating Kansas every year. This is where I have a hard
3: time with these conversations because I I don't have a college team. I don't go to college games as a college fan. So I don't really. I I can't sit here and tell you what Missouri fans think.
2: Does that make sense? Yeah. I don't know. Oh, I'm sure they like the association. I mean, I guess but the, the question. Point,
3: I mean, Ole Miss has never made to the SEC championship game. Do you want to stay in the SEC, or would you like to go to the Sun Belt and dominate? Well, they've thing? also known nothing different though. Right. But that's. But I mean, if it's if, if 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 people say it's all about winning, not really. It's not really.
2: Is it really all about winning at Ole Miss? Because that Grove's packed, man. But there's a difference in trying to build where you were and go, in winning like a son of a bitch, and suddenly not winning anymore. Sure. But then you have to revamp how you do it and start trying to figure out ways
3: to win. Like look, Missouri was close to nine wins last year. I know they didn't get there, but they were really close. They've improved on
2: NIL dramatically. Oh, it's made them a better program nationally. You There's know, no I mean, doubt about that. I mean, and that's know, the argument. Again, I, I, I get it.
3: I mean, if if you're if you're Texas, you're gonna be able to recruit better playing in the SEC. You are. If you're Oklahoma, you're going to be able to recruit better playing in the SEC, Missouri, South Carolina, It's a Arkansas. change of
2: perspective. You're making your program better to compete for championships. You're making your program worse from a wins-loss record every year. Sure. That's what you're doing.
3: But, I mean, we're headed to a 16-team playoff where you can lose a couple of games and still compete for a title. That's where we're headed. We're going. They, they went to 12. They're going to go to 16. And... In the SEC, five or six teams will make that tournament every year. 33% of the SEC will make the tournament. I mean, at least 25, obviously. Four. At least four, and it'll probably be more than that. Yeah. Because who else is truly playing football? It's the Big Ten. It's the SEC. And the Big 12 is going to get a team or two. Or two, yeah. ACC will get one. I'm not even sure the pack, whatever it's going to be is even going to be relevant enough to have an automatic qualifier and then Notre Dame will have some clause that if they win a certain number of games they're in.
2: And that's it. San Diego State just punched their ticket to the pac twelve. I'm sure by the way
3: I would think yeah I mean if, the, think if so. the pack whatever it is is smart, yeah, but they've got so many issues I mean they've got they've got phenomenal issues, yeah.
2: Podcast brought to you in part by Justin Hill Creamery, JostinHillCreamery.com, a special grazing tray available for the Easter holiday and weekend. It's this week. It's got spicy feta dip, pepper jelly, cured meats, cheeses, crudités, like radishes and carrots and more. It feeds four to six people and can be picked up April 7th or April 8th. There's a link right there on their website at JostinHillCreamery.com. Remember, you can order plenty of things straight off the website. they got their Great House Mustards. They've got the desserts. They've got plenty of catering, charcuterie options for you at Creamery. Also, go to their uh, Instagram page to see what's new every single day. So, again, that's JohnstownCreamery.com. We're also brought to
3: you uh, – I will tell you this about A-Stock since I messed it up earlier. They uh, they have multiple locations around Nashville. They're also in Memphis now and uh, in Selma, Indiana, and uh, more. And they're coming soon. They'll have more uh, local pickups. So, check them out at a Uh, We're brought to you by Game Changer Patches. They're the only two-patch system available in the market to stop hangovers before they start. The warm-up patch used before or while you drink. The overtime patch used after you've been drinking to recover while you sleep. The all-natural ingredients will keep you in the game, ready for your next play. Go to GameChangerPatch.com, promo code REBELGROVE20 at checkout for 20% off your purchase. ACS is owned and operated by my friend Clay McNutt in Baldwin, Mississippi. It's a complete electrical control system solution provider. It's a Rockwell Automation recognized system integrator. ACS can service and install Rockwell Automation, Allen Bradley, Siemens, ABB, Square D, and many other manufacturers. To get in touch with them, go to acsllcms.com or call 662-601-4381. We're brought to you by Lamons Fine Jewelry. Lamons at 1126 North Lamar Boulevard in Oxford. It's been serving the Oxford area for basically 75 years. They're the gold standard in fine jewelry, so visit them at lammonsfinejewelry.com or call them at 662-234-2777. We're brought to you by Pinnacle, which is home to the Pinnacle 401k advisory services team. Get in touch with them, and they'll conduct a complimentary, no-obligation benchmarking and analysis of your current 401k plan, It's MyPinWealth.com, M-Y-P-I-N-N, Wealth.com. And we're brought to you by John Edwards, Regency Travel Incorporated in Memphis. I know a lot of people are planning um, summer vacations and such. Uh, There is certainly an advantage to be had by getting in touch with a travel agent who knows deals that are out there that might not be publicly known. So get in touch with John. Let's give him some parameters. Give him a budget and see if he can help you uh, create a trip that, Uh, creates a lifetime of unique memories it's 901-494-3387 or j edwards at regencytravel.net
2: podcast is brought to you by prime shrimp prime shrimp.com seven different flavors available for you ship directly to your door throw them in the freezer and then less fewer than 10 minutes freezer to plate with prime shrimp they've got a lot of excellent excellent flavors they got new orleans style barbecue which is my favorite the signature It's a great all-purpose option for you there, whether it's pasta, rice, or just a quick snack, depending on the time of day that you want prime shrimp. So they also have their two-pound bags of individually frozen shrimp, a lot like what's at the grocery store. It's a very higher-quality shrimp from New Orleans-based company. They're now available in all Rouse's markets, some on the coast, all throughout Louisiana as well for our listeners in those areas. So, again, that's prime shrimp, primeshrimp.com. Use code RG, buy five pouches or more, 25% off with, again, code RG yeah i mean just kind of closing it i mean i i grind said it's ox, it's oxymoronic you don't win natties by losing games yeah i guess the point was in the big 12 your program overall health as far as money recruiting ability whatever it probably is higher which then i guess would move you higher in the national landscape but you also potentially are going to have fewer years where you have the same amount of opportunity because of Seedings and winning your league over there and all that kind of stuff. Although the playoff does change the the the, the algebra in a couple different ways. His example was eleven and one Big Twelve champ OU was always close to a title, but look at TCU. If they were in the SEC, they would have made more money, but would not have made the title game last season. Yeah, it, it's again. I just at some point I wonder if the fans go, "What are we doing?" I mean, the bragging rights right now. Where God, my school has a lot of money. Okay, awesome. How does that affect me every day? I don't know. I mean, I don't I I, I don't I mean the Dodgers fans go, hey, I know we I, I know we kind of sucked like this year and won eighty seven and only won eighty seven games, but hey, we've got the highest payroll in the league. That's cool. Mets fans going, hey, Cohen's my guy. I don't care well, if we yeah. win or not. I no, mean, like well, no,
3: the, the truth in the pro sports is it's totally different. You typically do get what you pay for. I mean the Dodgers, every, all Dodger fans are going, Hey, I get why we didn't spend money this year, we're saving up for Shohei. The Mets are like, We spent a ton. They're all they're all in. As a Cub fan, I'm like, hey, if we don't get involved in this Otani thing, I got to question whether we're really committed to this or not. Are we just trying? Is there, is there, are we going back to the days where Wrigley was just a beer garden? Because we did that for a while. Mm-hmm. And then we competed, won a championship. Now that we've got one championship, are we content? Is that cool? Because I mean, just be transparent. I, I, I don't know. The college game is so different. I mean, at colleges, unlike in the pros, you can't build through a draft. You can't go – it's totally different. If you were a Bengals fan, what, three years ago, your team was 2-14. and 14. Now your team's a Super Bowl contender because of the they drafted well. They've made a couple of free agent acquisitions. The Chiefs weren't great. And but, that's the one sport that allows that more than any other. But, I mean, the NBA? Some team's going to get Victor Wimbanyama in
2: June. What if he's – Truly the next great superstar. Baseball is the closest to college when you even sort of try to work the dynamics out. Sure. Because you have luxury taxes. The draft is way more whatever. Obscure. Yeah, I mean, it's not as easy to go 1v1 right there. But, I mean, you know, Pittsburgh's got the first pick.
3: They're probably going to take Dylan Cruz. He'll probably be in Pittsburgh's outfield in a couple of years. Yeah, sure. He's a legit dude. I mean, the college game, I mean, I would argue that you're at some places that are just limited. I mean, is Mississippi State ever going to win the SEC in
2: football? No. Like, ever. And it's why the college game has thrived, because you go into years with very specific expectations, that it was a good year if you passed this number, whatever this number is. It isn't about beating Georgia, necessarily. Now, does the playoff change that? that That's where it, yes. goes. Yeah, that, that's the, where it And gets. I was getting
3: ready to say that. Yeah. I mean, so we're about to go to a 12-team playoff in one year. We have one more, quote, traditional year. Yeah. And then you go to a 12-team playoff where if you don't make the playoff, is the season a failure? Because if so, man, it's going to be a lot of failing. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of failing. Figure the top three, maybe four SEC teams will make the 12-team. Yeah, sure. So that means that eleven that some upset people. Eleven to twelve will fail. Quote, mm-hmm. fail. End quote. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, what does that look like? What do what do bowls look like in a twelve-team playoff? Are we, is everyone still excited to go to the Citrus Bowl? Oh, Miss people were not excited to go to the Texas Bowl. No. It was essentially a non-event. I mean, it was. Nobody was excited to go to the Liberty Bowl. I mean, Arkansas went to the Liberty Bowl, and I think if you asked their fans, they would say, yeah, it was kind of a failure, right? Missouri went to some obscure bowl in, like, Fort Worth or somewhere. Literally didn't want to go to another bowl because it was too close to New Year's and the kids might not play. Yeah, they played Army. Somebody. Yeah. I don't remember. I mean, the that's kind of the point. I mean, literally, Ole Miss didn't want to go to
2: Las Vegas, Vegas.
3: because it was going to mess with recruiting.
2: Mm-hmm. It was on a weekend,
3: a visit weekend. Florida went to Las Vegas. Couldn't have gotten out of there fast enough. Supposedly their plane was in the air an hour and a half after that game was over, getting back. I was at that game. They they didn't want to be there. Yeah. I mean, it's the sports changed, and it's good for the players. They're they're getting compensated. I don't know that it's good for fans, but that's for fans to say. Yeah. And at some point. The fans will – if if there is displeasure, they will express it by not showing up.
2: Yeah, I, I I agree with Ryan. I mean, I it's one of the reasons why I don't like the divisions going away is it gives more chances for races and titles.
3: Yeah, because now it's going to be 16 teams. So someone's going to finish 15th. Yeah. Well, if you're in 15th place on November the 7th, are your fans coming to the games? Mm-hmm. Cause you're not competing
2: for shit. Yeah, I wonder if that if that changes mental calculus from the standpoint of, as opposed to yeah, sure you're fifth in the West or sixth in the West, but you still have that opportunity for the sixth win or the seventh overall win. You know what I mean? Like, hey, that means the like. I wonder if being farther down standings does change that anyway. And I don't I don't know the answer to that. That's that that's interesting. Um, Number came in on the uh, Women's Basketball National Championship game with LSU knocking off Iowa. 9.9 million people watched the championship game on Sunday. ESPN announced that yesterday. It's more than any women's college basketball game ever. It also beat nine of this season's Thursday night NFL games. They were streamed, and that basically speaks to the failure of those games. But nonetheless... Um, it was more than anything outside of the World Series from a baseball standpoint last year and either anything outside of the finals, I think, in the NBA, I think was what I saw. Um, and then shows that we don't watch it more than any NHL game in 50 years, including Stanley Cup finals. Um, wow. They've all been under, I guess, 10 million viewers there and then the most uh, watched ESPN Plus college broadcast ever. Um and that that's an interesting one because that's still relatively new, and it had all the attention focused on one thing with one channel. That, that that's a stat that matters, but what that's showing you is so many more people have streaming with Hulu and YouTube and things. Because I watched it because on, through ESPN Plus I would have been one of those numbers, but it was because I was streaming Ole Miss Texas A and M baseball at the same time and i'm already on the espn app so the easiest thing to do was just hit the down button and go back and forth between those two as i was uh, as, as i was watching it so I, I don't i'm not making as much out of that espn plus number but i still find that fairly fairly fascinating we'll see what uh what the sport can do moving forward with that many eyes on it with more people knowing names I mean, i'm not going to spend the time on it as i did yesterday but the the biggest thing for the sport is they actually have more than one or two names the casual fan knows going into next season. You suddenly are aware of Angel Reese and Caitlin Clark and Kim Mulkey and these type of people and it's not just Geno and UConn and that's that's it.
3: Well, they'd be advised to do some made for television contest.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, they're going to get a they will get a big pull next year because the Big 10 goes into its Fox agreement next year. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. And that will put Iowa women's basketball on network television next oh. year. So they actually can use some spots for Caitlin Clark to be nationally broadcast throughout the year in a different way. There was a hell of a lot of women's basketball talk nationally yesterday. It was tons. Tons. I mean, it was all... We kind of predicted this yesterday, and it happened. It's it's It got way more media pub than the men's. Yeah, the, not even close. Not, the men's game was an
3: afterthought. It was all about Angel Reese, and did she go overboard, What was behind that and all that stuff from a talk radio standpoint, that was gold.
2: The average college basketball fan this morning, this morning, after the game last night, after a team that won the title, won its fifth title since 1999. I know I've said that three times, but that's what I'm saying still. The casual fan could not name a single player on that team on either one of those teams last night. Agreed. No, no clue. I'm not
3: sure that right now I could name a player.
2: No, I know. I mean, I'm. i I. I had to like sit here and like. San
3: Diego State has a kid named Butler because he made the shot against FAU. Okay. That's it. That's all I know.
2: <laughs> that's it. Yeah, Sonogo was their best player during the tournament. Connecticut. Oh, yeah. That's right. The big tall kid. Yeah, but no. I mean, that's it's where it is right now.
3: No, it's, men's college basketball has become frankly, very regional, and the only national attention that it gets is on a handful of draft prospects. And most of those guys are freshmen, and they're not really ready to contribute. They're not really ready to lead a team.
2: Looks like UConn's actually got a lot of guys back for next season, too. So go ahead and pencil them in and start that. We're a long way away. Got the whole tampering portal still to come. College basketball's got a minute before it starts back. But talk about kind of teams in those conferences. One, two next year is UConn and Marquette as of right now, nationally. They are number one and number two. Duke, Kentucky. and ESPN has FAU number five in the preseason for next year. But I want to see what that looks like. Is I don't
3: know they, what they lose off their team.
2: I don't think they lose much at all, but you wonder about Portal and stuff and keeping that roster together a little bit. And just
3: That'll be interesting because people are going to try to poach. They have some all of their, five starters back next season. People are going to try to poach some of their guys.
2: Their only loss is their <clears throat> sixth man. He was a senior. Michael Forrest is the expected departure from the rotation, apparently. Everybody okay. else is back. It says as long as nobody enters the portal or makes an ill-advised NBA draft decision, they have their entire five back.
3: Yeah, I didn't see anybody on their team that looked like an NBA
2: No, because, I mean, their stats pick. for the year from a points-per-game standpoint, and I understand that doesn't tell the whole story, but that they're five starters, 7, 8, 13, 13, 10. Like, nobody's putting up 24 a night where you go, oh, wow, that was...
3: No, nobody on that team looked like a like a lottery pick. You sort of know those guys when you see them.
2: Alabama's number eleven twelve for Arkansas
3: see I don't know how you would even do that right
2: and am seventeen like how would you how do you know what
3: Alabama's going to have back they they've,
2: well you don't it, it's fodder for the morning I it's mean some, it, it's some recruiting it's stuff picks. yeah I mean no you have no clue at all
3: those will probably be two teams that will be very good in the portal one would think they, well I mean to their credit now to your point both of those teams both of those schools those programs have put a lot of NIL money into college basketball. It will be the big. It's the big question here. Like I'm probably going to start working on mailbag later today, and I've got some mailbag questions about Chris Beard and can he recruit at Ole Miss? And the answer is yes, but at what level? But well, at what level depends on how much NIL they, they can they can assemble here. That's that's the answer. Which, frankly, to me, I don't know about you, that suddenly becomes this really kind of boring answer, doesn't it? It is. Yes. It's the truth.
2: It is. It's boring.
3: I mean, does Chris Beard get you in the front door more than pre- his predecessors I'm did? Sure. 100%. Yes. 100%. But if the kid's offer from Ole Miss is $150,000 less than his offer from Alabama, he's going to Alabama. And he'll just have a, you know a special moment in the handshake line. Hey, coach, good to see you again. I got paid. It's reality. That's, and that's where the sport is. And maybe that's where it's going to go in women's sports. I just kind of doubt it. It doesn't seem that it's headed there anytime particularly soon. And so now, like the kids that are coming to Ole Miss, I think they're coming to Ole Miss because they want to play for her. She's done a good job of making, that, of making the Ole Miss program attractive to players. Yeah, 100%. And so they're coming to play for her, which is a far more compelling storyline than, well, why did you pick Alabama over Ole Miss? Well, they paid me more.
2: Yeah, I mean, they had that. It was it made our board. They had that poll where they polled NCAA tournament players during the event and basically said, "What coach would you want to play for?" And Don Staley won going away, but she finished third behind Kim Mulkey. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean that that's relevant. That. Yeah. Like so they picked up the big five star from North Carolina. Like you get players suddenly and and I doubt if That girl got a massive check. I'm sure she got some NIL something. Yeah, sure.
3: Let's get serious. So. I thought it would give her a recruiting. Like Kamarian Franklin is on campus today. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. There will be. I'm going to make fun here. There will be media outlets who write big stories about Cam Franklin visiting Ole Miss today. Cam Franklin's decision is going to come down to NIL. (coughs) So unless you're writing about how much is in the offer for Cam Franklin. You're really writing superfluous stuff. And we've noted it. It's on the board. He's visiting. We've got to, got to think about it. But I mean, I'm not going to do seven stories about his visit unless someone tells me, "Hey, what's your NIL offer so far?" No, visiting
2: is better than not visiting. So, that's Yeah, it that's tells it. you that they're going to make a bid. <laughs> they went and saw the house. Yeah.
3: But, I mean, a, a, a A&M's A&M. going to bid, too. Are you yeah. going to be able to compete with Texas A&M and
2: Alabama and LSU from an NIL standpoint? Because if you can't, you're probably not going to get him. It's all like baseball. Free, the free agent market's here, and this is what it's going to cost. You go, hey, do we blow the wad on this guy? Mm-hmm. What percentage? It's what's compelling about the quarterback battle is that somebody needs to leave because they paid all three dudes. So It's I mean, literally the truth. Yeah. I mean
3: – It's my understanding from talking to people that, and I've heard this from Walker Howard's people, Mm -hmm. that Walker's NIL deal is sort of backloaded. His camp. Yeah. I mean, his (laughs) camp. (laughs) which is his dad. (laughs) Yeah, I know. His deal's sort of backloaded. He's going to get more in years that he anticipates being the guy.
2: Yeah, of course. Normal
3: contract thing. But look, if you're paying... Jackson Dart, Spencer Sanders and Walker Howard to play quarterback for you. At some point you got to go couldn't some of that money shouldn't some of that money have gone to a defensive end? To another receiver? I mean that's those are all legitimate questions. That's yeah. that's where and that's where the sport is. Right. And we don't all kind of none of us we're just sitting here talking about it, and we're right now in the vast minority of people who will talk about it. Nobody writes about it, really. Mm-mm. That's the story. Cam Franklin visiting. Okay, what's his NIL offer? Is it, when, when do y'all get to the NIL portion of the negotiation? Because that's when it gets real. Yeah. Yeah, he's going to see your campus. Nice facilities. Hey, here's the new building. Everybody's got a new building. Yeah. Again, visiting's
2: better than not visiting. You're in the well, game. Well, sure. Yeah, but,
3: but it's not really – it's not like – it's where the people that want the traditional recruiting it's not content, indicative.
2: It's not indicative of shit. Yeah. Podcast brought to you in part by Northeast Spark, N-E-S-P-A-R-C. Two packages, the Ignite, the 100 Mbps, or the Blaze, the one gig that powers the Clark Ford Studio, your hometown team bringing you world-class broadband. Again, it's com. Phone service, portal controls, network security, a wireless mesh extender for those who need that extra step and more. So for the best internet in Lafayette County, also parts of Union and Pontotoc Counties, For those who did not previously have internet, again, 662-238-3159, anyspark.com.
3: I'll have a mailbag up to you uh, tomorrow. It's brought to you by Whitney McNutt of Tommy Morgan Incorporated Realtors. She sells condos, uh, land, commercial, and residential family homes. You can reach her at 662-567-2573 or uh, Uh, 662-842-3844. Coming up this weekend for the... uh, the Arkansas series or for Easter or both or whatever the case may be, stop by OPA. It's Oxford's newest Greek restaurant on the square. It's the perfect place to plan your your Christmas party. Also, It's also a great place just to spend a weekend. Uh, Fabulous food, craft libations uh, there at OPA on the square in Oxford. We're brought to you by Service Specialist Staffing and Recruiting Agency. They've been connecting great job opportunities to candidates since 1967. If you're on the job hunt, they can help you. And if you're looking to hire quality, hard-to-find talent that can help you as well, it's always free for the candidate, and payment of service is solely contingent on if your company decides to hire a candidate that they send. So you've got nothing to lose. Give Will, Sydney, or Kelsey a call at 662-832-5138 or check out their new and improved website, Service servicespecialistltd.com. Don't just accept what you see, but imagine something new. Step forward chase after a better version of yourself. Every day, Corinth Dental is helping people reinvent themselves one smile at a time. Dr. Bubba McQueen, Dr. Jenny Beth Hendrick are devoted to restoring and enhancing the natural beauty of your smile using conservative state-of-the-art procedures, including Invisalign. These clear aligners are the virtually invisible way to improve your smile. So call Corinth Dental today for a no-cost digital scan of your teeth. Let them show you the way to a straighter. Healthier smile, 12 months, no interest, no down payment. Financing is available at CorinthDental.com. And we're brought to you by Southern Traditions Farm. It's a 68-acre, 32-stall, upscale equestrian training and boarding facility in Canton, Mississippi. two sand rings, a grass ring, miles of wooded trails. So much offered at Southern Traditions. Horseback riding offerings from beginner lessons to advanced. Uh, where you can compete in nationally recognized competitions. It's also a great venue for events. So get in touch with the people at Southern Traditions Farm by reaching out on Facebook or Instagram at Southern Traditions Farm.
2: Braves beat the Cardinals for you yesterday. At least got a little bit of...
3: Two teams that I can't watch right now. I, I live in both of those markets as well. What's the Braves off to a good start?
2: Three and one one. Oh. Took two out of three from the Nationals and then beat uh, St. Louis in St. Louis last night. So the Cardinals are two and two, two two. I think. I think that's correct. Um, Yes, they are two and two. Um, Ronald Acuna, Ozzy Albies, and Austin Riley all hit home runs last night for the Braves. Riley's a 473 foot home run. Oh,
3: yeah. See where Trace Thompson hit three the other night for the Dodgers? No, really? Yeah.
2: I haven't watched much nationally at all. Turns out genetics matter. Well, it's kind of like you said. I mean, when you saw some of these kids coming up where you knew their dads, you went, I'll just take that guy and hope for the best. Like Drew Jones, you go, hey, you know what? I'll ride there.
3: Decent chance it's going to work
2: out. Yeah, you go ahead and take whoever you want. There's that neat high school bat. I get it, but I'll just take that guy yep. and, and think, think it's going to be all right. Yep. Oh, Dante DeSvich, that's because kid plays? Okay.
3: Yeah, Craig Biggio's <laughs> yeah. kid. Odds are. <laughs> You know, it is unfair to like Bronny James, though. Oh, it's completely. Isn't it unfair. completely absurd that his entire life, it's like, yeah, he's good, but he's not as good as his dad.
2: I mean, okay. Well, outside kid.
3: of Michael Jordan, who is as good as his dad? Like
2: that's, that's completely unfair. Are you interested in this air movie that comes out tomorrow? Yes. I'm pumped. Punk- I'm kind of excited. Yes. Like may need to plan that. I'm, I'm kind of. No, Carson and I are going to go see that. Yeah. I'm into it. Well, it's like I have no idea how old they are now or anything else. I mean, well, I know. I think one's at least college age because I know there was some old Miss recruiting stuff there. But that's like, you know, when Agassi and Steffi Groff's kids, like, hey, do you play tennis? Like, I don't want to play tennis. I'm good. Like, unless you're elite. Like, do you really want that? Yeah. Like, no. Sure. I'm, I'm.
3: Wayne Gretzky's kid probably didn't want to play hockey. Yeah.
2: So my mother is maybe the best tennis player of all time, and my father is the best returner of all time in tennis. Yeah, no. I, I mean, come on the expectation is to a level that is unattainable.
3: I was telling Carson about this. We were watching the preview for that movie when we went to see Creed 3. And when you think about it, like when I was in junior high school, I know this is a million years ago, but we wanted to wear Converse and it was too expensive. So we wore Nike because that was the cheap shoe. Oh, really? Yeah, 83, 84. Really? Yeah, because both Larry Bird and Magic, and Magic Johnson wore Converse. Okay. And Johnson had the purple and yellow Converse, and Larry Bird had this kind of a black, dark green kind of Converse, mm-hmm. and like those were awesome shoes. Everybody wanted Converse shoes, and for Nike to the 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 decision to let's just market this guy keep in mind he was not a pro yet. it's the game i mean it's it's he was not a pro yet now you knew he was going to be good but not everybody knew he was going to be that good bobby knight did bobby knight to his credit coached him on the u.s olympic team and said he's the best basketball player ever oh really did it's on video. Did it really? He did. It's on video. You can say, say what you want about Bobby <laughs> Knight. He got that one right. But Nike said, we're all in on this
2: guy. And if he's a bust, we're done.
3: I mean, what if he just ends up being a good player? Yeah. Clyde Drexler. Yeah. I mean, Clyde Drexler. Good player. Clyde, a great player. Yeah. But not transcendent. I mean, Portland didn't take him because they had Clyde Drexler. No, he had to be
2: Michael Jordan. He couldn't be Scottie Pippen. No, I
3: mean he had to be better than Magic and Bird. And Magic and Bird were both damn good people. I mean, I people forget because they're old now, but
2: it is kind of fun to go on YouTube and watch like an 80s NBA game yeah, just to watch it and I mean, go, that is not the same sport they play today. I mean, when you watched but back then when you watched Magic Johnson lead the fast break, he
3: was he was amazing. And Larry Bird was a dog.
2: I haven't seen Creed three yet. It is watchable. We're good. It stays in the canon. I mean, I have a little bit of a hot take on it.
3: If you can suspend a little bit of believability, okay, okay.
2: So we, but we do have to do that. A but little. We do it in all of them in some way. A little.
3: Um, it might be the best one. Oh, it might be the best one in terms of
2: the entire franchise. Yeah. You don't just mean the creeds. No, I mean the whole thing. Might be the best one. Story or fun? Because you grade Rocky movies depending on the movie differently. Both. I mean Rocky Four is not a critical masterpiece, but we the, all love the, it for the, its reason. The
3: story's really good. The story's really good. Okay. Um it, it's it's and it's it's a it's a good movie. It's well done. It, I mean, It must be, I mean, everyone just should name their children Michael Jordan because Michael, is it Michael B. Jordan? That's correct. I mean, he's an amazing actor. His ability, I was thinking about this the other day because it's like on Netflix or Apple or whatever now where you can watch all of them. His ability to build that character, Adonis Creed, over three movies is exponentially rare. He has that character has grown.
2: Look, he's had a hell of a career. He's having a hell of a career. He can get green lit on anything he wants to do, don't get me wrong. You would have loved this scene because of his acting chops, Michael B. Jordan, in the eighties and nineties, where we had movie stars. Like oh, yeah. the real just by God, it's opening night or oh, yeah. in that's not comic book hero based. Like, no, just yeah, Tom Cruise is out in nineteen eighty eight. We're going to the damn movies. Like it's Sure. It's, sure. Frankly, Cruz doesn't get enough credit for it. Mm-hmm. He's the last great movie star. Yeah, that doesn't. That's not. We just don't do that anymore. But he's amazing.
3: He's. I mean, he's terrific in this film. The, the, it's really well done. I mean, it. it <clears throat> I walked into it. We went on a Saturday morning, and I told Carson as we walked in, I said, "I'm kind of nervous," yeah. and he goes, "Why?" And I said, "Well." The last one was so good in terms of it. it felt like it was everything was tied and neat and I knew where all my friends were, right? Mm-hmm. And now we're going to mess with it. And I told him I said there's always a rocky five right around the corner if you'd like. It could just screw the whole thing up. And this one didn't. It didn't and I don't it kind of left the door open to move forward a little, I, I don't know exactly how they do it. I'm not going to play spoiler. They, they seem to be. They seem to be teasing a potential storyline that they could use to take this in another offshoot. And, and I frankly hope they don't because I don't think it would work. Okay.
2: TV show wise, you absolutely just want the ser- the ser- series finales to make us content, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody. Yeah. Doesn't have to be happier for everybody, but you need to answer all the questions. You need to know where everybody's at. Yeah. 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 It's I one mean, of the reasons why like, you might like The Office.
3: It's maybe the reason that I like The Office. If I can yeah. go, I go back and watch se- the last season of The Office over and over and over, and every single time on that last episode, when they're all, I mean, at this point, it's not even a spoiler. Yeah, so forget it. Yeah. When they're all walking out of it for the last time, and you sort of know where everyone's going, and who's with everybody, and Even Creed getting arrested and all it's funny Mm. and everything's good. And like you kind of feel a little lump in your throat and you're good. You know that Jim and Pam are probably going to live happily ever after down in Austin. Probably going to be all good. And Dwight and Angela and the whole deal. I mean, everything's good. Yeah, sure. And so that's the only thing that bothered that, that scares me a little about Korea, And I get why they're making more movies. It's making a ton of money probably, but this one was well done. And I was worried that I was worried they wouldn't be able to get there. And I didn't want them to mess it up, but this one didn't, it was good. He's he's and again, he is a fantastic art actor. You forget it's a, you forget it's an act. It's come a long way since Friday Night Lights,
2: and the the the, the big fight scene, uh, the the penultimate well, fight look, was terrific. I mean, I'm, I'm going to stop here. We can sing Michael B. Jordan's praises, but he's one of the reasons why Friday Night Lights work. When they switch storylines like that, that could have easily bombed going to season four. Yeah, you change all that and get us out of the main Dylan and the blue and the gold and what we've come to mm-hmm. know and. Four and five's better.
3: Well, it shows you the importance the importance of writing. Yeah, I mean, you 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 when you mess with it, you better have really talented people writing it.
2: You got to trust the crap out of that. Yeah, man. I
3: mean, because you can screw it up.
2: Yeah, the two se- the two seasons with Vince Howard, in my opinion, are better than the first three seasons. I agree. And the first three are really good. Sorry, one in three. Season two is yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah sorry, I'll, that's Rocky Five. See, they yeah. can do that. And again, writers, what? It's not normal to just kill somebody and burn a car up, and we're all good. <laughs> like three episodes later, and we're just going to rice like nothing ever happened. No, girl, not. I've told people just we're good. Just,
3: just skip that series. Just skip that season. Go. You can
2: break it down for somebody in like three paragraphs and go, "Hey, here's the th- things you do kind of need to know." Yeah. and whatever they lost in the playoffs, smash busted the knee out. Like okay, yeah, but move on. Yeah, now let's go to just get J.D. Yeah. McCoy in here and let's get this going. <laughs> All right.
3: I get the question. Should I watch Rocky Five? No, you should not. Pretend it didn't happen.
2: Well, no, because it doesn't even follow the plot well enough, other than he's injured. Yeah. To, I mean, his kid aged nine years and two weeks. It happens. It, it, things happen. They were in Russia for a long time. <laughs> hey, look, it happens. Okay. I don't know. i will want to tell you. <laughs> Went from sitting on the couch as a seven-year-old with his buddies to getting bullied in high school in three weeks. Well, you know, that week at home by yourself with just you and a robot, Torment. that can change things. Thank God they cut some of the robot scenes out and they originally had new. It became a much darker movie. They left some of the Paulie robot stuff in <laughs> yeah. that they initially had had considered there. <laughs> <laughs> The trying time in some ways they made some good decisions between that you know you got pretty woman was supposed to be a really dark film there at one point like there's some yeah some movies where hey let's lighten this up for everybody guys it's a it's a feel-good era yeah, you don't even want to get me started on that one okay you got problems i've got i've, <laughs> you got,
3: I've got so many problems with that movie <laughs> I, mean, I have so many
2: problems with that movie. not a chance in hell of getting made today like well no and, I mean, <laughs> is it shouldn't <laughs> I love when people go, what a great movie. I well, look, we have or, a soft spot for it because of, like. Because she's, uh, she's Julia Roberts. Right? And it's a movie star, speaking in, of. In her,
3: in her prime. Yes. And she
2: looks amazing in that movie. But she's bright. And she's and a she's great funny, actress. And she's, and she's funny and all of those things. She and plays the role with a sensitivity that's so hard to do. And seriously. Right. But it's... She turned a prostitute into the girl
3: next door. But it's complete... It, it's devoid of any and all reality. I mean, it's just a disaster from from a... It, it, it's... I have have monumental issues with it
2: okay i'm not done with this i'm teasing this for tomorrow I and mean, we have nothing else going. gingers on, so. with me I, 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 i'm not done with this i'm just I, I, I love julia roberts i'm letting everybody know i'm talking about pretty woman tomorrow so just be prepared i'm gonna do that i forgot to go into the ufc thing today we'll hit that tomorrow uh as well julia roberts is great she's amazing she's a legend that's an a, a horrific move. You're gonna have to take me through it. We'll do it tomorrow. We got UFC tomorrow, Old Miss, Memphis tonight, six o'clock again. FedEx Park, not at AutoZone. So if you're going to Memphis, for God's sake, don't go to the Rendezvous and walk across the street. There will not be a game there. It is on campus tonight. Just are the Redbirds in town? They're not. They haven't started yet. I don't know. Yeah. So sometimes people don't always pick up on some of these changes like this because it's so used to it being at AutoZone. It's not game is not there. So. Anyway, Rebels, Tigers, Mike Bianco trying to pass Skip Burtman tonight. Lane Kiffin today, 1130-ish. Cover, coverage at rebelgrove.com for that. So have a good day. We'll talk to you tomorrow.
0: This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping.